0: today I want to get back in the word we um, I just had it on my heart to talk about our identity in Christ and I just thought that that would be a one week thing but so much with me it just is not so we're gonna we're gonna continue on finding your identity in Christ it is so important because if you don't find your identity in Christ then where are you gonna get your identity at right and and if you don't find your identity in Christ you'll find it in other things maybe in uh your bank account or you know what you do for work or you know what you do for ministry you can't find your identity in all that right my identity is i'm a child of god right i'm in christ in him do you know in the bible and we'll talk more about it but there is 130 passages that talk about in him in christ in whom it, boy I would encourage you there's a little booklet that brother Hagen came out with years ago it's about this big and it literally lists all the in him scriptures that will define who you are you will know when you see in him in whom in Christ in the Bible that is positional truth this is who you are in Christ right when it talks about your behavior It's talking about your, not, not positional truth, but just your temporal truth, how you walk that out in life. As I walk through my daily life, I have to fix my eyes on things above where Christ is sitting. So when I walk on this earth, I realize that I've been given all authority in the name of Jesus, so I don't put up with stuff. When something of the enemy comes against me, I don't go to God and say oh father help me I realize he already has so I, I use his name and I speak to it right and we know how to operate in the world we had a great time with the men Saturday um, I really had it on my heart to start talking about the Zoe life of God the very life of God a subject that we talk about all the time but nobody really understands it and and boy I'll tell you we major on our behavior and if we do that we'll get into a works mentality we've got to major on what God has put in us it's so important so let's talk about this a little more we, we talked about last week that my complete and total identity who I really am who you really are comes from Jesus Christ not 90 percent all of it i'm not going to let anything else in my life define who i am now that might be easy if you're just hitting on all cylinders and everything you're doing everything right but this is when you need to have this just in every fiber of your being you got to renew your mind to this so when you say a wrong thing or do a wrong thing or start going in a wrong direction you don't think that you are what you're doing. Amen. You never let your behavior define who you are, right? You let who, what God said. He is the creator. He's the only one that has a right to define us, Amen. right? And I'm so grateful. You know, we live in a country that we actually, this country was birthed on, on man's love for God, And we've seen the results of that and of course that's being attacked why wouldn't it be satan hates that stuff he wants the whole world to be a satanic slave market right but but literally there is not one christian in the world i don't care if they are a christian in north korea they are free we as children of god have been made free so that means in every place we go we're free I can't go into darkness and remain in darkness because when I get there, there'll be light, right? So we thank God that we can operate as a church in freedom and we need, to, we need to be very conscious of that. You know, we need to vote righteousness. We need to not, now not get caught up and be seeking first the political arena. No, we seek first the kingdom of God So that we could know how to pray, know how to get involved, know how to move. See, it is in him that we live and move and have our very being. That's Acts 17, 28. So once you gain revelation knowledge of who you are in Jesus Christ, what happens? This is the principle we went into last week. He then reveals to you who you are. As you peer into him, as you see him as he is, you begin to see who you are. If you're not gaining revelation knowledge of who he is, you will have blind spots in your life of who you are, right? And this is why you have to be in a position to where you're like, listen, Jesus, you are my Lord. This is not optional for me. Whatever your word says, when I come to your word, I have a willingness to do it, right? I don't care what my flesh thinks about it. You tell me to let go of something, I'm letting go of it. You tell me to pick something up, I'm picking it up. You tell me to jump and I'll say how high. But in all of that, I will trust you to empower me to do all of it, right? We discover, in other words, who we are as we see him As he is why all these crazy doctrines in the church well God heals some and not others he blesses some and not others crazy non-scriptural doctrine why is that though oh Satan loves it because we start getting a warped picture of who Jesus is and what that does is it gives us a warped picture of who we are in him, okay? So as we discover who he is, or as we discover who we are, what does that do? We, we see him for who he is. As we see him for who he is, we discover who we are. And then as we discover who we are, we see him as he is. Do you see that? It's just a constant, it's a constant thing. But you can never discover your true identity until you surrender the entirety of your life to him and this is how that works father i i literally surrender my whole life to you right and then i'm walking I'm adjusting and repairing because I say the wrong things. I do the wrong things sometimes. I confess that, but I stay in the word. I keep my eyes on him. Then all of a sudden, man, I'm in the word one day, and I'm thinking, okay, I got this thing. I'm doing really good. And then I flip a page, and I read a scripture. Oh, wow, I didn't see that in my life before, right? Oh, well, see, maybe you won't know who you are because you weren't completely submitted. No, no, no. Completely submitted is a work in progress. Yes, it is. Every day. God's not going to show you everything in your life that you need to change right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's a good father. Yes, right? I mean, could you imagine you get a little, you get a, your little son or daughter. Okay, today we're going to learn how to ride a bike, but forget that tricycle stuff. You know, I've got this mountain bike. You just kind of strap them on yeah. there. You get on a steep hill and just go, come on, just go. Because you got to be completely get this. Yeah. No, we're, we're good parents, right? Yeah. We start them out on little things and tricycles. And, yeah. you know, then we go to training wheels and we fake them out. We go in the garage at night and we lift them up a little bit, you know. So they're they're riding like this. And yeah. then pretty soon they're freaked out when you take the training wheels off and they can't. They're like, wow, that's amazing. I just ride. Well, you know, you've been riding for about four months. You just haven't known it, right? But it's that's the way God does with us. But you'll never discover who you are in him until you completely surrender your life. And that is where we have a problem in the church in America right now because people are like, pastor, be really careful. You're starting to meddle. And if you meddle too much, I'm out. Don't you tell me, I want to do this. And I'm going to do this. It's like, okay. But you're never going to find out who you are in Christ. If you have blind spots. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm just, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to church. Okay. Okay. But you're violating the very word of God. Right? It's like, it's, it's kind of like this. It just doesn't work. It's like a woman who gets pregnant and, and decides, you know, when I have my baby, there will be no pain. Because I just refuse it. I'm a Christian. In Jesus' name, I refuse it. I read this book, and they said how I could have a, a I'm sorry. You're going to be greatly disappointed, right? I mean, just, because you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But we haven't been redeemed from the curse of the fall. So there, there will be pain in childbirth. You could, you could not want it all you want. And now you could believe God to help you. You could believe God for minimized pain. You could believe God for all that. Right? It's kind of like this. You don't honor God in your finances? Good luck. Now, you could make money the world's way, but it's always going to have toil, and man, it's all subject to being stolen from you, right? Versus somebody who just honors God in their finances, all of a sudden he comes in and he makes ways where there are no ways, right? It's just, so this is why this part right here, when the Lord spoke that to me, there were areas of my life that I'm like, You know, God, I love you with all my heart and I'm all in. And and down in my spirit going, no, no, you're not all in. Right? I want to encourage you, go all in. It's thrilling. But see, from the outside, when you're not all in, you won't know how thrilling it is until you make a choice to just believe that, And step into it you got to step out of the boat to come to the place of knowing in the Old Testament I love the Old Testament type the tabernacle was covered with gopher hair I mean how exciting is that just brown oh God dwells there well the poor guy right but if you went inside of it there's it's just brilliance and beautiful and all this stuff but you wouldn't know that unless you went inside I'm telling you get into get just dive in. 2 Corinthians, we finished with this verse last week. 2 Corinthians 3:18. This this is one of the scriptures that tells us as we get revelation knowledge of who Jesus is, we see who we are. It says, "But we all with open face that was that that literally means with a face who has had the veil removed, that's that Greek word, beholding as in a glass or as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Notice it's a progression from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So as I peer into the word of God, as I make a decision to put this first place in my life, This is my truth. This is the truth, right? And as I meditate in this word, as I keep my eyes on it, as I peer into this image, it's like I'm looking into a mirror. God, by his spirit, will transform me into the same image that I'm seeing. Isn't that amazing? Transform, change. What what does that mean? As I peer into this the Holy Spirit, you grow your spirit up until who you are on the inside starts showing up on the outside. Do you know you're fearless? You don't have a spirit of fear. But how many of you know, have you ever got afraid? Right? I mean, I remember, I remember playing basketball at a park in Illinois, and it was late at night, and I remember when a guy pulled a knife on me. Imagine that. I'm a nice guy. Right? You know, I'm 16 years old, and I'm like, instantly there's fear. But I was born again. My spirit didn't have any fear in it. Right? And that, that freaked me out. Thank God for the grace of God. Right just something kind of came over me the fear left and and it all worked out You know, I didn't want to take holiness to a whole new level when somebody's coming at you with a knife, right? And I learned that day that branch that was laying on the ground helped me (laughs) Yeah, that was Yeah, that was like a switch on steroids. I was so glad I played baseball man But fear You don't have a spirit of fear. Do you know your spirit never worries? But that won't do you any good if you live out of your flesh. Because then you'll worry, right? Do you know your spirit believes the word of God and wants to serve God with all of its heart? Right? So this is how we get what's on the inside to show up on the outside in our behavior. So how do people get their identity? Right? Number one, they, I was born this way, right? This is, this is my DNA. I was born into this family, into this lineage. This is who I am, right? So that's a lot of people. That's, that's where they get their identity. You go to a doctor, what do they ask you? Okay, well, what, you know, did your parents or your grandparents, was there any sickness, disease? Was, because that could, that's your lineage. That's who you are. But look at what 1 Peter 1.23 says. 1 Peter 1.23 says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. See, this is why you must be born again. I was born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. I must get my identity from that. See, people who try to find themselves, they have identity crises. Why? Because they're trying to find themselves in something else, right? They're, I mean, they're trying to find themselves, you know, so, so, you know, we're, I'm trying to do things in the world to try to, to try to find out who I am and be who I really am. That'll just mess you up. The only place to find out who you really are is in him. The more you try to find yourself, the more lost you get because all roads lead to lead to death with the enemy. You can't find yourself in movies. Have you ever done that? You just love this movie because you're you're looking at this movie and you're you're starting to identify with it. You got to be careful about that. Right. You want to be loved and you watch the Hallmark Channel. Right. (laughs) Right. You want to be tough, so you start watching action movies, right? <clears throat> have you ever known all these action heroes? Have you, ever, have you ever started noticing how messed up they are? They're just messed up. Well, why? It's the world, right? You can't find yourself on YouTube, video games. You can't find yourself there. You could lose yourself there. You can't find yourself in your job or your career. You know, you have people that are just like, I'm nothing because this is what I do for work, and then you have other people that, well, this is who I am because of who I do what I do for work, and both are lost yeah. because they're confused, right? You can't find yourself in the ministry. I mean, there's pastors that, that, God has placed wonderful gifts in them, and I mean, they're rocking the world, and then all of a sudden, everything crumbles because of all these things going on in their own life. And they get into pride, they start thinking, wow, thousands of people are coming to see me. No, no, you got to be careful. You don't identify yourself by your ministry. Some people think, gosh, if I could just be a pastor, that would just be, wow, the ultimate identity. No, that's not your identity. You'll get lost doing that, right? Because the minute things start going the wrong way, right? Be careful not to get your identity wrapped up in things or wrapped up in events. You cannot do that. See, what, what will people do? Ha, have you ever, people will blame their parents. Well, I am the way I am because of the way I was raised. You know, if, you, if you're blaming anybody for where you are, you lose your ability to change. And you, and you get confused, you don't know who you are. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 10, it says this. Paul speaking, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which is bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. But then look at what Paul says, Yet not I. You could say it this way, Yet not I was the one laboring more than they all, but the grace of God that was with me i am what i am by the grace of god and i'm going to let the grace of god work unhindered in my life it's not me it's the grace right paul is saying i am who i am because of what jesus has done for me and jesus has done a lot for us wow Another thing, people say I am who I am because of the environment of where I was raised, right? This is just where I grew up. My grandparents had nothing. My parents had nothing. So I'm going to have nothing my whole life. Or my parents were massively wealthy. My grandparents were massively wealthy. And now, you know, I'm living, I'm a trust fund person. I'm a multimillionaire and i just this is this is who i am right both are messed up one just looks better outwardly not inwardly many times inwardly they're a bigger mess because they have access you know they're 12 years old and they got counselors and they got they are on medicine and they're on all this stuff i remember when a young man uh, uh, i became friends with him in high school the lord led me to become friends with them I was playing basketball when I moved to California just at P.E. one time and uh, there was this young man. He was my age. He was in my grade. I'd never met him before. Uh, His name was Mark. And, uh, you know, it was it was about noon and he's staggering around and people are laughing at him. So they came and got him, put him in schools in California because it's all outside. You have lockers outside. I thought that was really weird when I moved from Illinois, right? Um, They put him in a golf cart and they were taking him to the office because he was drunk out of his mind, right? And, uh, and when they turned the corner to go towards the office, he fell out the other end. <laughs> Bam! And he had all these students just laughing at him, right? So I found him later, and we became friends. And so here I am, you know, I'm living on my own my senior year of high school. I have nothing. I have a 73 Brown Maverick with, with holes in it. You know, I mean, I couldn't even put my basketball in my trunk. It would roll out, right? Yeah, it was bad. And it had one of those. Now, you guys might not even know what this is. You older people will. It had a three on the tree. You shifted it here. The bummer about that is it would lock up. So here you are. You're this really cool, you know, 18-year-old, and you're at a stoplight, and it locks up. What do you have to do? You have to get out of your car, lift the hood while people are honking at you. You know, you have to take the gears and you put them together, get in your car, and you could shift it in the gear and take off. And you hope at the next stoplight that that doesn't happen again, right? (laughs) I remember when Mark came over one time and he said, hey, can I talk to you? And he goes, he goes, you know, we've been friends for about six months. And he goes, um, he says, I know you're a Christian. And he goes, he goes, he says, no offense, but man, you have nothing my parents buy me a new car every year whatever I want right uh, they buy me everything I have a credit card he showed it to me I didn't even know they existed there is no credit limit I can do whatever I want everybody loves hanging out with me because I buy all the alcohol I buy all this I, I, I do everything you know at the time he was he was driving uh, a, a dream car yeah I'd never drove in his car because he was always drunk but it was Really nice, brand new, you know, Porsche Carrera 911, just all decked out, you know, and he's 18 years old. Isn't that nice? You give your alcoholic 18-year-old son a car that can go 180 miles an hour, (laughs) right? And he was crying in, in the living room of the house that I was renting a room in, and he said, you know, he said, all I really want in life is I just want my parents to love me. But my parents are never around. They just travel the world and they just throw money at me, right? But if anybody were to look at him, they'd think, wow, what a dream life. No, all, all roads lead to death Amen. With, with the enemy, Amen. right? God said this, all that's in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, right? And it's passing away. Who I am, who, where was I raised? am I an American I'm proud to be an American be careful get pride out of your I'm very pleased that I'm an American but I'm not gonna say I'm proud because pride comes before destruction right I'm proud to be a Nebraskan you know Jeanette and I just realized wow we've lived here longer than we've lived everywhere else so I'm a true Nebraskan that's awesome right I'm kind of glad to give up the California thing that's that's kind of a mess out there right see be careful never let your environment shape your identity first John 4 4 is a big one you are of God little children forget ancestry.com there you go that's ancestry.god you are of God little children there's God and then you're his child Right? I love that. And you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I love 1 John 5 4. For whatsoever or whosoever is born of God overcomes the world system. Why? And this is the victory that overcomes the world system it's our faith, believing what God said we are in the world but we are not of this world our environment does not define us the car you're driving today does not define you the house you live in does not define you the clothes you're wearing does not define you you are god's child and you have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness you as the father has life in himself he gave the son to have life in himself and then jesus said i'm giving you that life more abundantly you, you have everything in your life right now to completely change the environment of your whole life but you can't let the environment you're living in define you another big one you are what you think right? There's a lot of truth in these, thru- in these statements that we're making, right? This says that your thinking is a result of your experiences. Your thinking is a result of what has happened to you. You cannot let that define who you are, right? I don't care what has happened to you. God makes all things new. Forgetting those things that are behind me, I'm pressing forward, right? Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. I love this verse. And I like it uh, in the New Revised Standard Version, the NRSV. It brings out the Greek really well. It says this For those who live according to the flesh, they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. you got Christians walking around going, okay, should I do this or should I do that? You're looking at it all wrong. If you're asking that question, the reason why you're asking that question most likely is because there's inner turmoil in there. You want to do something in your flesh, but you know it's not right. So then you're going to come talk to a pastor. Hey, I need to get your opinion on this. Listen, I don't want my opinion on life. I get my opinion right here. This is truth, right? So, So we have to submit our lives to the Lord and walk in him. Where a person sets their mind will determine whether he walks after the flesh or after the spirit. Where you choose to set your mind. And you need to know today, we live in a world of incredible distractions. I mean, you could get on your phone and get lost in all the stuff, right? You could, you could watch TV. Now, if you like football, listen, right now it's not even football season. You could, you could probably pull up 12 to 15 football games that already took place. Why would you want to watch a football game that was played before? Waste three hours of your life. Because you, this is the most precious thing. Serve God. Get in the Word three hours and see where you end up. Instead of watching something going, yep, they're going to win, they're going to win. Right? The way a person thinks is related to the way they live. Gosh, I kind of feel like a dad sitting in a living room telling, talking to my kids right now. And then the Holy Spirit's going, yeah, I kind of feel like a dad on the inside of you talking to you, my kid, right now, Right? So we're all getting blessed right now. This is good. Proverbs 23, 7. I love this verse. At the beginning of it, it says this. For as he, and this Hebrew word he is the word for mankind. So it's everybody. As mankind thinks in his heart, so is he. Now this word heart is a Hebrew noun. It means the inner being with its thoughts emotions, mind, and soul. So I love Young's literal translation. Dr. Young was a Hebrew scholar and a Greek scholar, but he, he defined it this way. For as he hath thought in his soul, so is he. He brings out the Hebrew. As he hath, past tense, thought in his mind, so present tense is he. So if you want to change who you are, just change what you think. Because then, as you're thinking, today is how you're going to be tomorrow. Well, what do I think? Right here. Fill your thought life with the word of God. It leads to life. Literally, you could read this scripture this way. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. Right, The overall direction of a man's life cannot be isolated from his thoughts. What you think is really who what you are. What you think is what you are. And this is the problem. You can get very self-deceived. Because if you think wrong, you will literally think you are this way when you're really not. Right? See, if Satan can keep you thinking wrong that he can shape your identity and affect or shape your personality. Do you know you got your personality from your father? Right? DNA. Come on. But have you ever met somebody who's a jerk? Yeah. What happened to their personality? Their personality's great. The enemy got him thinking wrong and he twisted it. Do you know the enemy is called wicked? Right? You, the word wicked means twisted so you take sex in a marriage relationship which is a beautiful thing and you twist it and you have lust and now it goes from something that brings life and intimacy to something that steals intimacy and destroys see he twists everything well you know uh, this is just this is my personality well is it how are you thinking Because if you're thinking wrong, Satan will use that to shape your personality into something that it's not. Right? So our identity is found in who we are in Christ. Christ is our life. He's not just the one who gave us life. He is our life. Right? See, you got to stop this. Belief that you think Christianity is about you living for God. There's no life in that. It's like, what What did Pastor just say? Yeah, no, no, no. Christianity is about Christ living in and through you. It's not about you living for him. It's about him living through you. That's Christianity. We must die to ourselves and let Christ live through us without hindrance how do we do that romans 12 1 and 2. right i gotta i I beseech you brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice you gotta beat that flesh black and blue because it always it's crazy right how do you do that well you gotta don't be conformed to the world romans 12 2 but be transformed by the renewing or the renovation of your mind So that you can prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. See, this is so important. Satan does not want you to find out who you are in Christ. Because if you do, it will take all the limits off of your life. And all of a sudden, you will start living limitless, where all things are possible, right? All things are possible. It removes the boundaries off your life. If, 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 Man, I'm telling you, if you find out who you are in Christ, it, it makes things limitless. Now all things are possible. The boundaries are widened, and all of a sudden now all things are possible. See, if you find out who you are in Christ, literally it will cause you to walk and live in the Zoe life of God, which God came and to give you. That's why Jesus came, to give you the very quality and essence of life that God has, but he gave you way too much of it for yourself. Because you are to live your life giving it away, right? The power of the gospel of Christ is what produces our in Christ identity. There is power in the gospel of Christ. There's power in the Word of God so that we can find, in the epistles, there's power that is released so that we can walk in who we are in Christ. So to do this, to understand this, you must understand the doctrine of one man. There's a doctrine in the Bible, it's not talked about very much, but it's a doctrine of one man. So we're going to talk about this. Go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 14. You guys doing okay? Yes. I feel like I'm being intense. I'm real excited. I'm super happy. Just this stuff is so life-giving. Romans chapter 5, verse 14, it says this, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude, that means the resemblance of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him that was to come. Okay? One man, Adam, is compared to one man, Jesus. Okay? One man's sin, Adam's sin, is compared to one man's obedience to righteousness, Jesus. This is the doctrine of one man the whole Bible, you will gain great understanding when you realize that this whole Bible is about two men. It's about Adam, and it's about the second Adam, Jesus. Right? So now, we must understand the story of these two. Right? we got to understand the story of these two men to understand the very root of the Bible. When you understand it, it'll open up everything to you. One man, Adam, got us in this mess. One man, Jesus, got us out of the mess. We are out of the mess right now. Jesus did that for us. The same spiritual law that allowed the sin of one to affect everyone else is the same spiritual law that allows the obedience of one man to affect everyone else, okay? That's the doctrine. We gotta understand this. So my first birth, right? I've been born twice so far, right? That's all, that's all I'm gonna have, just two. Right. See, if you've only been born once, you're gonna die twice. Uh-uh. But if you've been born twice, you only died once, So I've been born twice. The first time I was born, what? I was identified with Adam. The second time I was born, we call it being born again, I was identified with Jesus Christ. I am no longer identified with Adam. Boy, if, 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 you, if we could get that, we'd, we'd have to take time out in church because people would start screaming, running around, going, wow, you mean to tell me I am free from all this stuff? Yeah. yeah, that's what the Bible says. My identity, therefore, comes from Jesus. So let's keep going. Verse 15. Verse 15. Not, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Remember these two words, not as and so also. What does that mean? We're going to see that what not as and so also means that what happened in Adam cannot even be compared to what happened in Jesus. You can't compare it. What happened in Jesus, what Jesus did so far overshadowed and overpowered what Adam did. It can't even be compared. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. Right? What does that mean? Through Adam's sin, everybody is born dead. Well, they're born alive, but then when they reach that age of accountability, sin revives and they die. So we are all destined for spiritual death, right? But then it says here, I love this phrase in Romans, much more. This phrase, much more, means so much more you can't even compare it. Much more, the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. Every man everywhere has been affected by these two men, Adam or Jesus. We are here to affect people with Jesus, right? That's why we're here. See, you can see the damage that Satan did in Adam, can't you? You can see the damage. It's everywhere, right? Don't act, but this is very important, don't act like what Satan did in Adam is even close to what God did in Christ. You, we got to know this. This is the doctrine of one man. Listen, what Satan did through Adam is nothing compared to what God did through Jesus. Not even, I can't even compare it. There's no comparison. See, we think the devil's so big and bad. No, he's not. He did not at all. We are more than conquerors, right? The grace of God is so much greater. I love that. If Satan see if Satan can convince you that these are close what Adam what Satan did through Adam and what God through did through Jesus, you know, man, what Satan did in Adam, he brought death into the world. It was powerful. Then Jesus came and he brought life. If you think it's that close, you got a problem in your life. You'll always struggle. You'll always struggle knowing your true identity if you think it's close. It can't, it's not even in the same realm. What I mean by that is the bondage that the enemy brought through Adam can't even be compared to the freedom that Christ bought, that God brought through Christ. Can't be compared. When you're witnessing to people, listen, listen, what the enemy, the, it'll, a person will look like, man, there is no possible way. This person is evil, personified. They never would want anything to do with Christ. If you think that, you're gonna have a hard time reaching them. But if you see it as it really is, Everything the enemy's done in that person's life is nothing compared to the grace of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I remember, man, I, I had this guy speak. James and Tammy were really good friends of mine. They, they, uh, uh, James, I mean, before he was a Christian, well, as a Christian, he literally had a book to lead people to Christ. He would lead so many people to Christ and when I met them, him and Tammy, you know, I, I was just a young guy and they were, they were older than me. Uh, they had little kids, and, but I'd hang out with them. And, and, you know, and James gave me, told me his testimony one day. He goes, man, he goes, I was a major drug dealer. And he goes, he goes, you know, we, we were major. And, uh, and they came up with a plan. He loved to do helicopter skiing him and his buddies where they 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 fly to a mountain and you jump out it's not a ski resort and you 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 there's you're just skiing you could die really easily because you nobody knows what it is you know but these guys were expert skiers and he had this plan he goes he goes Tony I'm living in this house and uh, doing drug deals all this stuff he said one day woke up me and my wife To automatic weapons in our bedroom we had we had two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash in our bedroom stacked up you know all this cocaine all this stuff and all all this stuff and and they another major drug dealer stole from them and he goes we were real really happy that we you know uh, didn't get killed that day right and uh, but he goes we had his plan they were gonna the you know the Mormon tabernacle or the big Mormon temple in Salt Lake City uh, they were going to blow the gold trumpet off the top of it and, you know, grab it with a helicopter, blow the base of it, and then they were going to drop it in a mountain that they were going to go back and get. They had this whole plan to do this. How, how stupid, yeah. right? I mean, but, but he's not born again. Come on, reach and he goes, you know, we lived in the mountains and uh, we had this neighbor. One of, he was one of these people. If you want to know what that's like, just go look in the mirror because some of you if you or look at me because I'm definitely one of these people, right? This guy was just always coming over to his house. And and James is like, I wanted to shoot the guy. I'm like, I can make this guy disappear. And he's always coming over telling me about Jesus, telling me about Jesus, telling me about Jesus. Right. He goes, I hate I'd see him. And I'm like, oh, you know. (laughs) And he'd say, listen, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. Get." I mean, he was rude to this guy. guy kept coming. So right after this happened, they have these big plans. You know, I mean, he's a major drug dealer. He's got like six brand new different vehicles, right? His wife goes into town. She goes down the mountain, goes into town. So he's got to leave. So he hops in his, one of his vehicles, goes to start it. It doesn't start. He's ticked. It's brand, you know, it's a new vehicle. So he goes and gets his keys, gets in another one, it doesn't start. Goes and gets in a third one, it doesn't start. All of his vehicles, not one of them would start. And he's, he's just mad, and the minute the last one didn't start, he got out of the car, and here comes this guy. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. And he really needed to go and do something. So the guy goes, hey, do you need a ride somewhere? And, and James goes uh, yeah, you know, actually I do. And, and he goes, well, he goes, I'll take you wherever you need to go. And James is like, okay. So he gets in the side, he gets in the truck. Now this is a guy who wants nothing to do with God. Why am I getting off in this story? So they're driving down a mountain and if you've ever been in California, you know, you, you could be on roads that there's a road and then there's a cliff and it's, it's game over, right? You're right, if you go off the road. So they're driving down. James has said no to this guy for a long time. And the guy looks at James and goes, James, what would happen to you if, if we went off the side of this cliff right now and died? What would happen to you? And it makes me weep, because this is what happened when James told me the story. He goes, all of a sudden... He he just looked at the guy and goes, I would be lost. And the guy goes, I wouldn't. I'd be with Jesus. And uh, he goes, James, I know you're running from God, but God loves you. And James got saved that day. It was just that one statement. Why? Because what God did through Jesus is way beyond what Satan could ever do what you have to offer in Christ is so much greater than anything anybody's embracing from the enemy right now. Everybody is subject to knowing God. All things are possible. I remember when the Holy Spirit, I'm out there, I'm always street witnessing and doing all this stuff, and, and the, the Holy Spirit started taking me through the word, and he goes, Tony, realize this, because every time I would go street witnessing, I would, I would hate it. I knew I was supposed to do it, and I'd dread it. Then a minute I'd start doing it, I'd feel great and have just this glorious time. But then the next time, I'd be like, I don't want to go up and talk to anybody, right? And, and the Lord said, Tony, salvation is entirely my work. He goes, I'll move through you to reach people. Don't put the pressure on you. And it changed my thinking, right? James got born again, and he told me, he goes, man, I could lead anybody to Christ. Because if I could get saved, if God could reach me, anybody, right? He walked away from everything. And what he doesn't, what he didn't know is man, they were watching him and they were planning on, I mean, he would have probably spent the rest of his life in prison and he has no criminal record, walked free from all of it, all of it, right? Didn't even feel bad getting rid of all that stuff. Right? That's what you got to see. Sin cannot damage you where redemption cannot deliver you. Sin in your life cannot damage you to where redemption cannot cleanse you, make you free, deliver you. Don't get your identity from any mistakes from where you are right now get your identity from Christ wow see God's work in Christ far exceeds any damage done to us by Adam's fall think of it like this so you're gonna pay your rent and let's say you need $1,000 now I have to up that now because it's so crazy right? so let's just let's just say it's a thousand dollars well this is so you need a thousand dollars to pay your rent and god your father gives you a check or you know he venmos you 10 trillion dollars that's yeah there we go there we go be, be it unto you according to your faith. I might as well. So that's what happened to you and I in Christ. We needed, we needed a thousand, but God gave us 10 trillion. More money than we could ever, 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 ever. That's the difference between what Adam did, what Ad, or what Satan did through Adam, versus what Christ did through Jesus, or what God did through Jesus. That's... That's how you got to look at it. You're, today, if you know Christ, you are completely free. Anything Satan did in your life through Adam is nothing compared to what happened to you the moment you said, Jesus, I'm committing my life to you. You are my Lord. So, Romans chapter 5, verse 17. You guys doing okay? Yes. Man. Me too. Me too. It says in Romans 5, 17, for if by one man's offense, talking about Adam, death reigned. That means to have full and superior dominion by the one, by Adam. Much more, here we go again, so much more you can't even compare the two. They which receive the abundance of grace, And this word receives means to lay hold and to act upon, right? It's a continuous action. I'm laying hold of the grace of God and I'm continuously acting upon it, right? It's something that grows. This Greek word is something that grows. I lay hold of the abundance of grace and I lay hold continuously and grow in it the gift of righteousness, or in other words, I continually grow in my awareness of all that it means that I've been made righteous. You shall reign, have full and superior dominion in life. You think, well, in my natural life. No, no, no. In zoe life. In the very life and essence of God. You will have the zoe life of God will have full and superior dominion over sickness and disease, over poverty and lack, over depression, over fear, over all the stuff the enemy can throw at you. And it will reign in you by one Jesus Christ. If you jump down to verse 21, it says, that, hath, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto Eternal life, eternal zoe, the life of God. How? By Jesus Christ, our Lord. Everything, the grace of God that was given to you by Jesus Christ's work on the cross will reign through the righteousness that he made you when you got saved, and it'll reign unto eternal life. It'll turn everything in your life into zoe life. That'll change your finances, it'll change your family, it'll change everything. All things become possible. And guys, we are a final days church. We walk in more revelation knowledge of that word than any other. Do you know every anointing that has been left on this planet? You know, when Brother Hagin went home, he he didn't take his anointing with him that God put in him. It's still here. Billy Graham, all these men and women of God all the millions that we don't even know of, right? Do you know their anointing is still here? We're gonna walk in this like no other generation of the church. So turn to Ephesians chapter two. Wow, God is so good. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. I know you didn't come here for some flowery little leadership speech this morning, right? No, this is the word of God. This will, this will eradicate fear out of your life. It'll eradicate sickness out of your life. It'll eradicate poverty mentality out of your life. This is the word of God. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here, and he's taking this word, and he's individualizing it to every one of us so that we can apply it to our lives. The hungrier you get for this, the more you'll get out of it. And there's anointing on this word that'll lift any burden. If there's a lie in your life or any kind of burden, it'll lift you off and it'll destroy the yoke of bondage in your life. That's what we do. I love the anointing of God. Ephesians 2.10, it says this. You know, it's so funny, guys. Do you know my throat does not hurt at all? My nose is not stuffed up at all. But I woke up this morning, and I couldn't talk. I was in my office. I couldn't talk. And, you know, and then I started being able to talk like I was going through puberty. And I'm like, okay, if if my wife hears me talk like this, she's going to laugh at me, right? So I guess there's like some congestion going down the back of my throat. But I wasn't going to be able to preach, So, I mean, I have a vocal zone in, I'm drinking some hot tea and all this stuff, but man, I'm declaring all the way here today. I had to declare, you know, voice, you're coming back. Voice, you're coming, you know. But I just don't feel like I'm being hindered at all today, right? I almost kind of feel like I got a subwoofer in me somewhere, so it's all good. It's still, I'm sure it's still soothing. It's still really soothing. So those of you who didn't sleep much last night, you still might be just kind of having some problems, but that's okay. Your spirit gets it. It's all good. Look at Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. I love this Greek word. It's we are his poema. Do you know what that word means? His masterpiece, his work of art. Do you realize you are his masterpiece? His work of art. Wow. We are created in Christ Jesus. And we've been created in Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wow. See, realize this. What's a good work? That means you are working out what God's working in. This is a bad work when you're trying to work for something. Listen, you don't have to work for God's love. You already got it. He is all in with you, right? See, good works can never produce the new nature. The new nature produces the good works, right? Because I'm not trying to live for God. I'm letting him live through me. Because why? Because I'm a Christian. I've been created in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means that God put in Christ everything, hear me now, that he wanted in you. Wow. He put everything in Christ that he wanted in you, and it's in you right now. Wow. Man, God is the master at changing identities. Unless your identity changes, you'll never be able to reach or fulfill your destiny. That's why we literally let our speech minister grace to our brothers and sisters. You know, we learned Saturday from the Gospel of John and from 1 John that literally you know that you've passed from death to life Because you love your brothers and sisters, right? I mean, we want want to invite Jesus and help our brothers and sisters, right, get a proper identity so that they can fulfill their destiny. God's destiny for you is bigger than your identity for yourself. To deal with your divine destiny you must deal with your divine identity. If you don't know your divine identity, you'll never be able to walk out your divine destiny. Wow. God is everything the Word says He is. Jesus is everything the Word of God says He is. Jesus has done everything the word says he has done. This is absolute truth. You must believe that you are everything. Are. Right now. Everything. The word says you are. Right? Your reaction to God's word is your reaction to God himself.